You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 8, episode 43. Uh, I'm John, I'm back. Uh, not like some shady but I'm just back because I was off last week uh, no sick note and I've not listened even to find out what excuse I was given as to why I wasn't on um, so uh, John and Chris were both on obviously last week so you can maybe fill me in why was I not on um, I can't remember <laughs> the week's been a long time <laughs> I, I seem to remember we were quite dignified given the events that have been going on we never really made any jokes about it to be honest A change usually if one of us is no one, there's usually some kind of shenanigans, but eh, aye, back on. Yeah, I think, I think to be fair, because it was, um, we we're talking about Billy McNeil and Steve Chalmers that, um, it wasn't quite in the mood for any jokes at the beginning, to be fair. So, yeah, um, sorry, John, next time that you're off, we'll come up with a better joke for you. Sorry, I don't think I've missed many this season, that might, not, that might be the, the second one, maybe. I think, maybe, yeah. I think there was maybe one other one I missed. Maybe wrong. Um, I plenty of stuff to talk about, but I think we're going to try and skip through the the Premiership a wee bit. Uh, apart from Chris, I want to talk about something that happened. Um, and we were going to start down the bottom, which yeah. some people like starting up down the bottom. Some people like starting at the top. Um, yeah. Well, before we um, talk about down the bottom, um, we do we did have a, an exclusive interview with um, a title winner, title winner Scott Brown. That's um, Scott Brown of Peterhead. So um, he was a a delight to speak to, and he was talking about his um, the achievements of Peterhead this season, who clinched the title of the weekend. And um, yeah, here's the interview and Phil. This is a Scottish Football Forums podcast special and on a title winning weekend we are joined by Scott Brown, that's Scott Brown of Peterhead who um, was also a title winner this weekend with uh, Peterhead. So Scott, thanks for coming on. Uh, just first of all, straight to the obvious question, um, just summarise the feeling of winning promotion at the weekend. Um, it's a big mix of feelings to be fair, obviously. Um, first feeling obviously delight at how it went and then obviously you look back over the season and you become obviously quite proud of how it's gone and yeah, I think all the boys were kind of feeling the same. Yesterday was obviously good to win it at Hamden and obviously the week before was probably one of the lowest points I've ever had in football. I mean, we had a chance to win it in front of our own fans and certainly on the pitch, we could see the subs at the side getting ready to run on the pitch and suddenly Sterling scored and obviously took that away from us. So yeah, it was a wee bit of relief yesterday as well, obviously after what had happened the week before. Yeah, I mean, you say that the week before was one of the lowest points. Um, no, just what was the, um, you know, the thoughts when you were going in that last minute? Because you also saw subs getting ready to come on. Was that a distraction at that point? Was it just um, too much of a distraction waiting on that final whistle? Um, I don't know. To be fair, obviously it's, it's it's obviously different for boys. I've never been in that position before. Obviously going to win the title, it's difficult because obviously you're on the pitch. You've played. We actually played quite well against Stirling last week. To be fair, and obviously. 93 minutes were ahead in the game and you're thinking this is done but you try your best not to let yourself get switched off but obviously there is distractions the fans are obviously getting ready to the party and obviously 
when you lose a goal, it's incredibly tough because it's really hard to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, how much did winning the title at Hamden? I mean, to to do it at Hamden, how much did that make up for? Um, you know what didn't happen the week before. It was brilliant, to be fair. I mean, how many players can obviously say they've won a trophy at Hamden? I mean, I know it's it's slightly a different story winning League Two, but we kind of said that to be fair yesterday. What a chance we'll give ourselves, and obviously, chance to make a day that will obviously live with us for the rest of our lives. To be fair, and I mean, to get over the line at Hamden was obviously extra special, and obviously it was good for the fans to obviously get. I mean, Peter Head are probably never going to likely to get to Hamden in a major final, not any time soon, but. Um, yeah, good, especially for those obviously fans that have travelled far and wide obviously this season, and yeah, it makes all the journeys up the road and all that worth it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you, know, you obviously went through the heart um actually a difficult couple of seasons for Peterhead, relegation two seasons ago, and then last season missing out in the playoffs to Stenhouse Muir. So, must be a relief to get over the line this time around and get back into um, League One. Yeah, I mean, a massive relief to be fair, obviously. I think Peterhead is a League One club and obviously when I joined over in League One we didn't have the greatest season the first season and obviously it led to relegation but last year I felt we were really quite unlucky but that's the nature of the playoffs I mean the playoffs are there obviously to to be entertaining for the fans at the end of the season and Stenhouse Muir take advantage of stuff like that it's like they finished 20 points behind us and obviously over the two legs they ended up beating us but that's football fair play to the boys fair play to the manager all the staff I mean, I think it was difficult, obviously. The manager was on about walking away at the end of last season and obviously decided to stay. And I think it's it's been like proven worthwhile because obviously we've got the promotion this year. We missed out on it last year by a point and then in the playoffs. But to be fair to the boys, we've bettered last season's points tally by, by three points. And if you had said that at the start of the season, then we'd have thought we'd have won the league well before the last day, to be fair. But... As I say, great credit to Clyde and Edinburgh. I mean, we've been chasing them for the best part of the season, to be fair, and I think that's what kind of makes it that wee bit sweeter. With many a days that we've got back on the bus on the way home for Peterhead, and I thought, by the way, we might not win this, and it's obviously the pressure starts to build towards the end, but we do get obviously to the top of the league, and it kind of goes and goes and goes, and then obviously what happened the second last week, starting to think, by the way, we still might not win this, even though we've got a wee bit of a gap, but. Obviously, yesterday put put obviously a great day, and obviously gave us a chance to, to lift their hand. And but what made it extra sweet, I think, was the fact that Clyde got beat. They obviously had the four point deduction, and for us to win it by five clear points means that there's no arguing about who really is the champions. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, definitely get that point. I mean, uh, how much? Um, I mean, Clyde. To be fair to them, you know. It looks as though it was going to be dead and buried for them when they got the four points um, taken off them, but they put in a, a good late show. And um, I, I, one of the games that might that might have actually brought them back in it in a way was um, the game between them and yourselves at Broadway, because I believe you were three up and then they pulled it back. I mean, that must have been a, a sickener at that point, and that must have given them momentum. Oh, of course, me. I actually think if that game had gone on for enough five minutes, they'd probably been a 6 3, to be fair. We were kind of hanging on towards the end and. As I say, we were doing a lot, but doing a lot at half time on that day, and it was it was tough, man, because they came out in the second half. They know they need to win the game, and they were all guns blazing for the second half. They obviously um, scored, pulled one back to two one, and then we scored straight away after it. So that was really massive for us because obviously you think if it's two one, then there's a chance that they're still in the game three one. You kind of look like hopefully we're not going to lose it from there, but 
yeah, I think see looking back now, us holding on that day to that three all draw was massive. It felt disappointing at the time because we felt that if we had the one that day would have kinda of killed the league, Clyde would have been dead and buried. But look, fair play of them, I mean, getting that points deduction, certainly for the boys and the manager, it's obviously a, a difficult position to be in because it's it's hard to blame somebody for that kind of mistake and like for them to rally around and obviously come back, I think at one point after that day, I think they lost to Elgin and we beat Anne in the day they got a points deduction, and they were something like fourteen points behind us. And fair play to them, honestly, for pushing us right to the end. It's been been tough, and obviously, hopefully they can, from their point of view, do it now in the playoffs. I think they deserve to come up after the run they've been on. They finished second. It would be fairer if they came up. But you know, Anne are a great team, and so are Edinburgh. So we'll see how it goes because. We know ourselves from obviously previous experience that these playoffs aren't easy. Yeah, and you've also got uh, Stenish Muir um, in in those playoffs, and because they got the draw, they're on a high from um, yeah, you course, know, su- uh, surviving. So, um, would you still say Clyde are favourites? Um, although Annan, as you mentioned, have scored seventy goals this season, division's top scorers, and Stenish Muir have been through the playoffs last season um, at your own expense. Yeah, I mean, obviously not to dis- discount Stenny. I mean. It's hard for us because we've not played against them this season. We've not really had a chance to have a good look at them. But certainly the other three teams in our division, obviously, Clyde, their experience they've got with a manager. Obviously, the players that they have will, will be pushing. But we know that it can be disappointing, obviously, losing it in the last game and then trying to pick yourselves back up for the playoffs. Whereas I think the, the obvious advantage that Edinburgh and Annan have is the fact that they've kind of been... For the last couple of weeks, Edinburgh certainly have been kind of looking towards these playoffs in Anna and have probably had the last couple of months to look forward to these. So they're kind of almost coming in on a high, whereas Clyde might be a wee bit flat. But you look at the players and all the teams that can go either way on the day and obviously over two legs, anything can happen. But it's a hard one to predict. I'm just glad that we're we're not in there, to be fair, because obviously Annan's a tough place to go the rest of the times. Edinburgh have obviously got the league's top scorer and obviously the league's best player voted by the players. So... I mean, we know that that was only wee bit of an extra incentive for us yesterday that we didn't definitely didn't want to go to Edinburgh on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, you'll certainly be relieved to um, be away from players considering if um, what's happened the last couple of seasons. The um, last couple of years, a record in the playoffs have been nothing shortly abysmal, to be fair. Actually, I actually read something the other day that Peter Head's record, of, I don't think they've ever won or gone up in the playoffs at all. Yeah. I think they've only ever been promoted for League 2 from being champions, which is something because every year Peterhead used to be in the playoffs and it used to be in League One but obviously it was coming down in League Two but obviously it's great to, to avoid them. Yeah. What's I mean, um, I was just looking a bit about your squad. I mean you've you've got players who have played at a, a higher level before, like, like Sir Oden McCallis obviously been one of the standouts. You've got um Willie Gibson, Det Lyle, um Ryan Day, Dave McCracken, of course, um Simon Ferry. I mean what just um just sum up what those players in particular, um, and others having the the squad. Yeah, I think that Peterhead obviously we've managed to if you put the gaffer build an experienced squad because obviously in League Two it's not not easy. But people going about how Peterhead have the biggest budget, but I don't necessarily agree massively with that. I mean, we've got quite a tight knit squad. To be fair, of like we've almost got a core of like twelve, thirteen, fourteen players. I think I looked at it like a couple of weeks ago and we had like the lowest. I mean, the players that have started in the league. So we've got like a tight-knit squad and obviously when it comes to like the crunch time, it's good that we can all kind of rely on each other rather than having like 24, 25 bodies where you kind of 
a few boys feel left out, if that makes sense. So I think the gaffer's done well in that regard, obviously getting us all pulling in the one direction. But when it comes down to the crunch, you need boys like Simon and obviously Willie to, to rely on. They've been there and done it and seen it before. It's it's important because obviously we do have young players. I mean, I'm pretty, I still get myself as pretty young myself, but obviously we've got players like Jason Brown, Cameron Eady, who played yesterday, Jack Leach, obviously. Still quite young in their career and obviously still learning the game. It'd be a bit naive to say that obviously these boys haven't got any experience, but I think that it's important that you you do rely on people like Derek and Simon, as I say, to kind of not get you up for the games, but kind of calm you down a wee bit. It's easy for boys, obviously, yesterday to get excited, but you need to make sure that obviously we're focused and didn't obviously get caught up in the situation that we were in. Yeah, I mean, Simon obviously um, seems like a person that would uh, help relax you. I mean, we've obviously seen the open goal stuff, um, but, you know, what what is he like as a, a, a teammate and how dedicated is he? Because, you know, it's easy for people to sit on the outside and say, oh, he's just interested in his media career, but um, I, I guess that he's probably as dedicated as anyone else to your cause. Yeah, I kid you not, Simon is 31, I think he is now, and he is the fittest, one of the fittest players I've ever played with. He is and honestly works out every day relentless. He's I can't I couldn't credit him high enough for how well he's obviously done with his media stuff, but as a guy I know him personally, he's a, one of my closest people in the team that I'm obviously friends with and couldn't speak highly enough of him, honestly. He's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So he's obviously doing really well. I'm really pleased yeah. he can continue, but don't get me wrong, I still think he's got a good four or five years left in football. I don't think he's ever at a time certainly now where he's looking to get out of football because he's obviously a quality player. He's been in a lot higher leagues than Peterhead and certainly have obviously decided to stay for next season, which hopefully he will do. Then he would obviously be a player that we would rely heavily on in League One, especially next year. It's obviously going to be a tougher league. But yeah, I can't speak highly of Simon. And what you see in the videos is he's like that in real life. I mean, it's not like it's a big act and um, it'd be easy for people to say that oh, he might not be like that in real life, but I promise you what you see in the videos is obviously what you get with that man. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, I mean, y- y- the team spirit must also be key. I mean, you've, you've got long journeys to, to endure being from um, playing from Peter Heads and going down to Annan, uh, you know, for yeah. example. I mean, the, the, what is the team spirit like? I mean, the team spirit's brilliant, obviously. It's almost like a full-time dressing room, see, because obviously you spend that much time together, obviously travelling and stuff like that. But, I mean, the boys deserve clear that we give up a lot, to be fair. The, the journeys, obviously, to training, to, to games. It's it's not easy. People might think, oh, Peterhead, it's an easy club to play for. They pay, obviously, better. Not better wages, but they pay good wages. And I think people take it for granted how much, actually, that the boys give up. And it's obviously paid off for us this season. I mean... You've probably seen the videos with the boys like a drink on the bus on the way home. I don't think that there's any sort of like secrets there, to be fair. And yeah, I mean, it's a tight knit group purely down to that, to be fair. I mean, it's obviously hard. We've still got a couple of boys from Aberdeen, and it's obviously hard because we don't spend as much time with them, but we still all get along like good pals, to be fair. And it's, just, it's actually an easy dressing room to fit into. I think that we've obviously had a couple of new signings at the start of the season, but. I think it was important last year that we kept the core group of players because we did actually have a good season last year. We had 75 points and to obviously lose the league wasn't wasn't ideal, but to keep hold of obviously the core group of players was important because we all know each other and we all get on. It's a really, really easy dressing room to be in. But that's fair play to the gaffer and Davey and obviously 
the coaching staff that they've managed to keep everyone happy because it's it's obviously not easy for boys if you're travelling that journey and then you're not getting on the pitch but somehow they've managed to obviously keep the boys happy and keep everybody feeling the same way I mean I've seen in dressing rooms before not that I've been in any like that I don't think but you hear the stories that boys start pulling in different directions when it's not going their way and yeah, I mean, it's important, obviously, that everybody pulls in the same direction, but that's a credit to the coaching staff and obviously a credit to the boys that we are all in it together and we all well, we're pulling, obviously, to get Pierhead back into League One, which is probably where the club should be, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and Jim McInerney, you mentioned, obviously, the coaching staff, Jim McInerney being at the forefront, uh, he said when you, when you went down he was lucky to stay in the job, to, to be fair to him, and then um, he obviously had the heartache last season. Just talk about the effect he's yeah. I mean, he's the longest um, serving manager in Scottish football, having been there since 2011. Yeah, it's fair play the gaffer for sticking at it for so long, it would have been easy for him to throw in the towel last year, being so close, getting the, one of the highest runner-up points ever, I think it was, and... It'd have been easy for him to throw in the towel, but that just shows the kind of man that, that he is, is that he's obviously loyal to the club and obviously fair play to the club. They've been loyal to him. It would be easy for the the club to have well, obviously shown him the kind of sack it after we got relegated. But I think in, in football, it's, it's kind of fickle sometimes. Obviously, clubs are too, too quick nowadays, I think, to get rid of managers when things don't start going their way. But obviously, Jim's built up a good kind of connection with the board and stuff like that so I don't know what he's going to do next season to be fair I think that's also up in there I mean for me I'd love him to stay I've been very close with him he's been brilliant for me and I couldn't obviously speak highly enough of him but the gaffer will obviously do what's best for him and obviously whatever he does will be the, be the right thing for him at that stage but I'd like to see him have his, have his obviously pushing for League One hopefully next season obviously the title or or maybe the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, given what Montrose have achieved this season, uh, they um, won League Two last season and are going into a playoff tomorrow night against Queen of the South. So it just shows that yeah. anything can happen. Um, it will be tough, obviously, with Falkirk coming down, um, but then it might be a culture shock for them with no um, disrespect meant or anything, but going to a place like Peterhead will be a culture shock for them. No, of course. I mean, it's not, we like to think they'll be make Peterhead a kind of tough place to go to, but. Teams like this, I mean, I don't know if Falkirk are going to stay full-time or what's going to happen, but you just need to look at this season, our broth promoted the only part-time and you've got full-time teams in the division. So I think Montrose have shown us a way that we can go. We fancy ourselves to to be better than that. Don't get me wrong, we, we believe in ourselves at Peterhead and I think Montrose are a credit to themselves for how well they've done this season, obviously sneaking into that fourth position where it looked like for a long time that was going to be East Fife's, but... Montrose, don't get me wrong, have done really well and they'll fancy their chances tomorrow night. I think against Queen of the South, I don't see why they wouldn't because Queen of the South haven't been on a great run and it's obviously sacked the manager at the weekend, which is never nice to see, but they'll obviously find it difficult coming down the way with kind of no momentum. We know how that feels and um, yeah, as I say, going back to Montrose, have done really well, but we aim obviously to go for the title again. Why not? Why, why should we not? We, we, we obviously believe in ourselves and it'll be a culture shock hopefully for as you say for teams like Falkirk and maybe a couple of full time teams in the league next season with Rafe and so we'll wait and see what happens but certainly don't see why they couldn't strengthen the squad and again try and go for the title. Yeah, it sounds like um you guys are, are very ambitious. Um how much of the um the, the current squad are signed up for next season? There's not really a lot. To, I don't think there's a lot to be fair. I think they were kind of waiting to make sure that we made it into League One before 
deciding what they were going to do, obviously with the manager and the boys. But I think now that we've made it to the league one, the majority of the squads will stay. And to be fair, I look at the squad that we've got, and I don't see why why we shouldn't be like challenging in League One. We've got a, a League One squad, I would say, and obviously players players that have played higher than that. So we don't we don't think that we shouldn't be out of debt in League One. That's that's definite. Obviously, the squad needs to to prove itself next year, but. Don't get me wrong, we'll need to work hard over the summer and hopefully the gaffer stays, as I say, and we can strengthen the squad. They will need strengthening, don't get me wrong, but that's not obviously for me to say, it's obviously for the gaffer and, and David to decide that, but yeah, hopefully, as I say, we can try and challenge again in League One next season. Yeah, and and just to finish off, because obviously, um, you know, you know, I know, I know your father. Um, because you know, we play yeah. a much lower le- level than you in a Friday uh-huh. night. <laughs> um, so I hope you don't ever have to drop down to that. But how much, how good has he been a, an influence on you? Oh, my family have been amazing. To be fair, I mean, I can credit them highly enough. From my grandparents down to my girlfriend now, I probably do her head in in the house. To be fair, most weekends when I come home and it's not going away. But thankfully, obviously. Uh, they they were all there at hand and yesterday, which is kind of puts into perspective their hard work as well. They deserve a day out as much as as we do, and obviously they were there at Peterhead last weekend to see their faces after the game. It was disappointing because they just want what's best for us, and obviously it was upsetting for them as well. So, but to be fair, my dad's obviously travelled, and you know how much he puts in it. To be fair, he loves it, and hopefully that. Seeing us win the league yesterday was a little bit of reward for his hard work over the years and my grandparents and that as well. And obviously my mum, she's probably... My dad probably does her head in with the football, never mind me doing her head in. So you can imagine how it goes in that house. But yeah, we've, obviously since young, my dad's... My full family have been a great influence on me, to be fair. And as I say, days like yesterday, put the hard work into a wee bit of pain off. Yeah, good stuff. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and um, you know, hope the the hangover wasn't too bad on um, Sunday morning. No, I mean it was worth it. I mean, this is a weekend that I remember for the rest of my life. To be fair, and yeah, it was worth it. Obviously, spending time with the boys on Saturday night was great, and yeah, it was really good. I, as I say, I really enjoyed the weekend, and it's over in the blanket and I. To be fair, it's proper weird how on Friday night you have the the nervous by the way this might not go to plan tomorrow and you just hope that it doesn't and then suddenly it's it's Monday and the celebrations are over, it's open the blink and I back to work tomorrow, so soon brought back down the earth, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's just the life of a part time footballer. But um listen, I know, um, I know. Um, well congratulations again, Scott. Um and uh Oh brilliant mate, thanks very much. Yeah, and thanks very much for coming on. Take care. No worries, mate, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, thanks very much to um Scott Brown for um, giving us a reflection on the uh, Peterhead season um, clinched in the final day with that victory at Queen's Park so not a bad way for him to win it Hamden you're doing good with these interviews <laughs> he's, he's probably got a better record than Aberdeen at Hamden that would be hard John I'll get in there before Chris uh, uh, when, when, when was the last time Aberdeen lost a trophy at Hamden 1995 uh. Was that that was a league cup? Was or, that Hamden, eh? or if you want to be pedantic, I think it would have been two thousand one, two thousand two, we won the youth cup. When the likes of Kevin McNaughton and that were playing. No, no, okay, no, but, but no, no disrespect, but I in terms of our senior trophy, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what Chris was, was on about. 
Ah, I've, I've just tried to work out exactly when it would have been. I wasn't sure if Hamden was being renovated that year. That Too long. Too long, Chris. The last time was in front of the um, old south stand. Aye. Oh, okay. Aye. Wait another season, but that's it's all right. Twenty twenty. Uh, talking of twenty twenty, Kenny McLean, <laughs> the mayor of Norwich, and his celebrations. Um, yeah, made a mad dog. Yeah. <laughs> mad dog. Yeah. We, like we didn't script that. We don't script this, but that 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 yeah, that tied in quite nicely there. And being an ex Aberdeen player as well. Yeah, I, I don't know how we've managed to divert from Peter Heads. We've just had a, um, a guest get an interview. Um... Sit up north. Yeah, true. We're, we're doing the podcast by regions. So we'll start with the north first and then we'll work way <laughs> east, west and south. <laughs> oh, was, there was a couple of titles that said up north. Aye. Aye, but... Uh, Cove Rangers obviously get through to the, the playoff final yeah. against Berwick, who are at the south. Yes, mm-hmm. it's about as far away as it could possibly be with these two. There we go. Um, so, so yeah, there will certainly be a Rangers in the um, League 2 next season. We just need to find out which one it'll be. Okay. Uh, I think I was always in the cards after the first leg finished 2 went to Cove Rangers and East Cobride. So um, it wasn't really a surprise that they, they ran away with the second leg. So uh, congratulations to them and it'll be interesting to see how they go on against Berwick. Yeah, that will be interesting. Um, but one team that won't be in... Um, League two will be Peter Eck has also got promoted. Um yep. and uh, you know, thanks again to Scott for um you know, giving up time. Um uh, the reason how that interview came about, um I play football with his dad on a, a Friday night, so um <laughs> I just asked his dad the question, Do you think he'd be up for an interview? And he said yeah and um yeah, we were we're speaking. So um yeah, he gets to play at the um so Scott gets to play at the Falkirk Stadium next season. Um which mean um his dad does, but his dad, being a Hearts fan, was wearing a Celtic top that day. The things you do for charity. <laughs> so he's getting the following his dad's footsteps for playing at Hamden. Uh, uh, Falkirk. <laughs> he's played at Hamden, though, to be fair. So that's something that me and his dad will never do. His dad's a good player. So I'm not surprised that it runs in the family. Yeah, I feel congratulations to Peter Head. Um, I, I think we will. It was a matter of time. Uh, we, were, we were more consistent than the other teams in that division towards the end. Of, um, the uh, Edinburgh City kind of fell away. Uh, I'm not really surprised they're currently one 0 down to Clyde in Edinburgh. So um, I, I think that's uh, Edinburgh City's season is pretty much ended in a, a bit of a low. But Clyde has still got a chance. They, they were hitting form just at the end. Of, but um, they did have a lot to make up for as well as the point deduction that we had. Uh, but the one that, we, that we've said even a couple of months ago now, that and Athletic seemed to be the, the team uh, he wanted to avoid in the playoff, and, and sure enough, they're turning up at, uh, at home at Stenish Muir. So. Yeah, Scott did talk about the um, the Clyde point deduction. He was glad that Clyde beat the weekend because it meant that Peter had won by five points, so the four points didn't make that much of a difference in the end. But it was still some rally by Clyde to get back in there um, um, to give themselves that chance. Um, but yeah, Annan doing well in their playoff um, against the Hennessy Weirdest things stand, and I think Clyde are currently one up as we speak. Um, mm-hmm. yep. But by the time this podcast goes out, it could all change because they're still half an hour to go as we're recording. Um, maybe that's why John's um, buggered off because he seems to have dropped off. Um, <laughs> is, there, is, there way, is there a way to listen to the commentary for the, the, 
the, the Premiership playoff. Yeah. This is where it starts getting confusing because it's the teams that are in the Championship that are playing in it, but mm-hmm. it's called the Premiership playoff because these are the League One playoffs that we're talking about from teams that were in League Two and Stenhouse Muir. Um, yeah. Actually, I did, I'd, speaking of this, because um, we've moaned about it just about every single season about the the, the last chance saloon that the, the team coming down gets. You see Ian McCall's been moaning about it as well. Mm-hmm. But it's utterly pathetic to expect this team to play four games in 11 days before they even get to the team that's either Hamilton or St Mirren. Um So uh, I can understand that, but um, yeah. might want to win the first one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, in the, in the last few years uh, since we've had the playoff, um, it's been the team that's finished second that have been the ones that have come up. I mean, that's only happened twice. Uh, Falkirk with the other second team, place team that um, didn't come up, they also come on it. Um, and twice the team that finished third, Rangers and uh, Dundee United, uh, both found the respective games against Mother and Hamilton. That, that step's too far. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, it does make you wonder if the six games versus the four games makes a difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, you wouldn't really fancy Air United or Inverness's chances in this. I think if anybody's going to come up, it should be Dundee United for one that pattern. Um, but that remains to be seen. It might be that um, St Murdoch or Hamilton, whoever it is, ends up in that playoff, might just pick them off anyway. Yeah. Well, Stennis are in the playoffs because um, they managed to survive the last day um, scare against the uh, Brecon, who have suffered successive relegations. Yep. Yeah, that's... Um, it was looking like they might not, be, they might not be the only one as well at one point, but uh, Albin Overs rescued himself and so did Partick Thistle, so it's just breaking that I've had back-to-back relegations. Um, at least they won a few games this year. But uh, that won't be any much consolation for them. They, they didn't win that game at the weekend there, which would have been the, the big difference, and they'd have been in the playoff tonight. Yeah. But it's um, it's Smirits in it. They've given themselves a chance, but they have come up against Aaron Athletic, so I'm not sure it's, it's, it's the greatest of chances. But they, I mean, given the position they were in, uh, even getting into the playoff was a success for them at this point in the season. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only other thing that needed decided in that um, in that league was who was going to be uh, oh, having home advantage second in the other playoff semi final because um, Montrose had already secured fourth to play Queen of the South, um, but. Uh, four far sneaked ahead of Wraith Rovers and they're away just now and <laughs> as I've just said that Wraith Rovers have just gone to one up in the whole yep. leg <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the excitement is we're doing this podcast tonight yeah, it's uh, a shame aye, we're not recording uh, live that would have been great <laughs> aye that's uh, I think that, that that's probably going to be the the exciting um, playoff of the lot because I think Wraith and Forfar have been pretty close all season so um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Forfar, like you say, took the uh, the home advantage second. So even being two one down at this point, still half an hour to go roughly in that game, and then uh, the second leg in Forfar. So uh, it's, not, it's still a lot to play for there. Um, but I, th- I think we've figured that the real reason that John's not coming back on. Um, it's Wi Fi playing up, but he says not sure because BT Sports still working. He's watching the Champions League semi final. Poor show. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, Barcelona scored pretty early, so... Uh, was, I didn't even know the score. Worth watching. Ah, it was like seven minutes or something, Marigi, get the, the opening goal, so that was kind of what Liverpool needed to do, but um, we're into the second half now, so uh, need another couple of goals just to level up. Yeah, uh, But aye, that's, that's nothing to do with Scottish football. Yeah, exactly, who cares about the Champions League? We don't have any Scottish teams in the Champions League. Yeah, exactly, our Champions League 
interest ended in August, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I won't I won't bring it up too much because it was a, a shame. But uh, but yeah, um, so Wraith Rovers and um, Forfar played in the first leg. Um, their, their first leg just now, but Montrose found out who they were playing Queen of South after weekend's events of the Championship. Um, Queen of South's horrible momentum, but they've only picked up eight points since January. Eight points, I think it's something like 12, 14 games, something like that. Um, and they get absolutely stuffed at the weekend and they decide to sack Gary Naismith and bring back Alan Johnson for a second spell. Yeah, it's a, a bold move. Um, let's, let's see how it pans out for them, Cotton. <laughs> well, it's not, it's but, not going well after 63 minutes. <laughs> no, so far they're 1-0 down, so um, the, the, the form that they had in the league has continued, didn't it? But I, I mean, Queen of South were, um, they lost the Thistle there at the weekend. That, that, that's what sent them into this position. Alwa picked up the point. It was enough to get them off the the, the playoff spot altogether. So congratulations to them, the only part time team in the championship and they managed to avoid relegation. So so that was good for them. Um and Korea South were actually only uh, off the bottom spot in goal difference because um Falkers was worse. So like you hinted that earlier it was uh Falker did their part. They they had to beat Ross County um in an exciting three two game which we even got in sports scene. Yeah. Remember when, remember when the championship used to be in sports scene every week? Whatever changed Oh, that's right, a certain team got promoted and then they stopped caring again. Um, yeah. And uh, credit to BBC, they are um, having more of an interest in the, in the Championship. I really hope they start looking more at the Championship next season in sports scene. Um, they've obviously been picking up the live games on a Friday night on the BBC Scotland channel. That's been great. There's been some terrific games in that as well. Uh, but um, it was good to see the, the, the Championship recapped on, on sports scene on the, the, the Sunday night. Um, but yeah, like I said, Falkirk got the... the, the they took the lead, went behind, then came back one three two. So they did their part. They just needed another goal for Air United that wasn't coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of Air United, they have scored. It's now two one in the, the the game at Somerset Park. So they still get a, a big advantage here, but Air United have, have pulled one back at least. So. Yeah, makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, yeah. But but yeah. It was good that sports. I hope sports can do that more often. Like I know they've got the Friday night football, which is good. Um, but I think it would be better if they had the championship action. No, even just a couple of minutes, just rounding off the games um, from from the Saturday on Sunday sports scene and just cover it all because no, there's not much. I mean, in the Premier in the Premier League, there's, there's not much difference between some of the teams at the bottom and the teams at the top end of the championship. And well, I mean, Livingston, of course, have went up and survived comfortably. I know St. Bern are still battling at the moment, but um, you know they didn't get automatic relegation, so. It'd be interesting to see, but Falkirk's a team who you'd have expected to be challenging for um, a playoff, pos- um, a Premier League position, and it's just incredible how much that they have um, the fallen. Um, you know, ever since they sacked Peter Houston, they get rid of the youth set up, um, brought in Paul Hartley, gambled in promotion, um, but that that failed. Um, he was gone within ten months. They lured Ray McKinnon from a job he'd only just taken over at Morton. Um, and that's been a disaster as well. He, he tried making wholesale changes in January. It looks as though it was starting okay for a while, but the last couple of months has just tailed off. And um, yeah, they they got a win over Ross County, which gave them a chance. But they needed the chance before that. It, they needed this kind of performance when they were playing Morton at home. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and that was the game that killed them. And that would have been yeah. satisfying for Morton, who of course survived comfortably as it turned out. Ah, yes. I mean, for for a team the size of Falkirk to be to be finishing bottom of the second tier, now playing third tier football next season is 
is pretty disgraceful to be honest. Uh, they should be doing a lot better than that. They, I, I seem to remember them. Oh, was it about 2002? I think Airdrie, the year Airdrie went bust. Yeah, that's uh, right. Falkirk survived purely because Airdrie went bust. They were supposed to go. Was it? I think they were supposed to go straight down. Or was a playoff. They were supposed to. Be, they were supposed to be going straight down because it was um, in the um, what was then Division One, Division Two. It was two up, two down. Because right, the playoffs yeah. didn't come in for um, a couple of seasons, so yeah, Falkirk. Um, it was ironic. Falkirk stayed up um, by default that year, and in the following year, they romped to Division One, but were denied promotion to the Premier League um, because uh, um, Brockville was Brockville up capacity, shot, and it was uh, Motherwell that survived that season. Motherwell, who yeah, administration sure it did. Yeah, right, and yeah. I remember it now. So uh, yeah, I mean, that, I mean that shows that Falkirk can go from having a bad season to a great season. So. With any luck, and if for Falkirk they'll do that again next season and come bouncing back up into the championship. But it's a tough division to get out of. Wraith Rovers have proved that. They're um, again in the playoff, and as it stands, they're, they're leading two one. But uh, there's a long way between uh, now and, and getting promotion back to the, the, the second tier. So um, it's not. I mean, all these divisions are really difficult to get out of. I mean, that's the, the the crazy thing about the the. The championship this season was you were like flirting with relegation one week and then you were like the top half of the division. There's <laughs> not more than finish fifth. Yeah, I know. It's, Which it's, isn't bad for a team that managed to lose their manager 50 minutes before kick-off or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah that was... What was that, that about? <laughs> well, it turns out um, there was two things. First of all, they were told um, we're not renewing your contract um, because I think there's a lot of cost cutting at Morton. Apparently Warren Hawke had left on the, the Friday as well, the chief executive. And then they were told, after, right, we're not renewing your contract, but go and no play Charlie Telfer. <laughs> because um, if you play him, we have to give him a contract and we can't afford it. So Morton's finances cannot be in a great position. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm watching the, the, the scores at the moment. Queen of the South managed to equalise and then immediately conceded again. Jeez, <laughs> 2-1. That's bad. It has to be said. Hey, hey you're back. Morton fans are pleased that Johansson is gone uh, because by all accounts he's been dreadful and it's been a horrible football to watch so I don't think he'll be missed very much at Morton. But who did he get? David McKinnon. He'll probably be at a job David Hopkin. Let's talk of that happening. John, you'll be disappearing off to watch the Barca game again. It's now 2-0 Arthur. It's Morton player Hopkin. Yeah, that's the immediate link. Um, Aye, I've done a, a pretty good job previously in that division. So. Yeah. Well, his stock's fallen because after leaving Livingston um, to try his hand in England, it didn't really work out, although Bradford ended up going down anyway. Um, so the one thing I would say is his stock's still high up here, even regardless of that job, probably. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I personally think David Hopkins jumped far too quick. Um, he's just Absolutely. given himself a, a crack at the Premier League in Livingston, with Livingston. Um, but Livingston have ca- carried on their momentum to, or it's tailed off the last couple of months, but they would have taken ninth, um, ninth at the beginning of the season when most of us predicted them to finish bottom. In fact, I'm going to get those predictions up whilst we're on that subject. S- since the lower division. I've just scored a third. Oofed. Supposedly. Aye. Uh, with Adams back to back. 
just straight after the second goal to yeah wow. I, heard, I heard my boy screaming I was like what's happening because I know it was two, you've obviously just mentioned it's two they were thinking surely his game is the undelayed reaction though going by my Wi-Fi tonight thought it was so <laughs> Sky message to you it's not just your Scottish football coverage it's shite it's your <laughs> fucking Wi-Fi too <laughs> I, I, 54. Well, I'll we'll probably get a Sky won't be sponsoring the podcast anytime soon. No. No. <laughs> AI. So the other back was supplies. Alright, that's, um, that's the ball over again. Except it's two legs in that nine minutes. Mm-hmm. That's about a short bus I get that clinging out of. That'll get sponsored about and hope for tomorrow as well. Yeah. Uh, exactly. All, but, um, all English finals still possible. No, please Take no, that's your, uh, what we need. Two all-English finals. You mentioned, obviously, but, so you mentioned about Johansson going, you mentioned about Berwick closing Manolo. They've changed manager as well for the playoffs. Uh, oh, oh right, so right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise that one. Um, oh. A bit of south as well. I'm, I'm, I'm usually consistent on this uh, podcast and I'll, I'll be quite happy to see Berwick and Stenishmuir and Queen of the South all go down <laughs> and whoever finishes 11th in the Premiership too. Yeah. Berwick was one thing that I got right in the predictions at the start of the season. There wasn't many I did, to be fair. Um, but Berwick finishing bottom was one that I got right. Um, I also had Brecon to get promoted um, as to go into the playoffs and they went down. Um, had Stenishmuir to go down for that division. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never the best, does it? Yeah, I think most of us had a combination of Wraith Rovers and Dumbarton's League win winners, and none of us. I think Chris, to be fair, you had Dad Broth in the playoff. So, All right, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm just about to check what I had, and I can't because I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, um, just skimming through some of them. Uh, um, see, I tell you, I tell you what, Craig had Peter had to win League Two. It's a credit to the boss there. I, I had him in the playoff. But um, I think, I think my, my, my best predictions um, should St Mirren overhaul Hamilton. The only thing I got wrong in the Premiership was uh, Livingston getting relegated. Yeah. yeah, I think apart from John, everyone had a combination of Celtic, Aberdeen, Rangers, Hibs, Kilmarnock and Hearts with top six. Um, John had mother ones yeah. to the Hearts, uh, famously. But, um, I don't know they weren't that far away. They weren't, they weren't to be fair. Um I think had Hearts not had that good start to the season, they would never have been top six. Certainly the way they've been the last couple of months. I had Dundee in the playoff, as opposed to the automatic yes. relegation. Yes, I, I think everyone had Livingston to go down. Craig had Dundee to go down. Yeah, yeah. Craig, Craig's doing well. Yeah, true. Uh, so, Craig, Craig's doing well. Yeah, I had Craig County to win the championship. Yep. Tony won the... Tony won the first sacking of the season, Kenny Miller. My fair point to Craig and myself, actually, for having Queen of the South in the, the relegation playoff. Yeah, true. So I've got, got that right now. Um, I think my, my most laughable one has to be League One, where I had Montrose in the playoff, the relegation one. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> and Breaky City in the playoff, not getting relegated, so aye, okay. Uh, I had the bottom with it as well. Yeah. League two I had Clyde. Yeah, I had finished second. Yeah, I think Craig was the only one that predicted um Peter Head. I don't think anyone I think everyone else had Clyde. Because right. of Danny Lennon, but they still could get promoted. Danny Lennon signed a new deal. Clyde. Yeah. 
No, I'm the only one that predicted a treble treble. I'm one game away from being right about that. Right, um, this is where John and I just leave. One um, left already, so I'll leave the second time. <laughs> <day by. laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm not going to talk to myself. As uh, we, we turn our attention to the top flight and uh, the best team in Scotland for the eighth season in a row. And I will mention that how many seasons has this podcast been running? Um, eight. I went over stopping this is the last season. We're not doing that <laughs> oh, I, I will continue this podcast if I have to talk to myself. <laughs> You've done it yourself. You've done it with yourself before, so I have. I, I, I might do a whole season myself. Um, but yes, um, but the the inevitable finally happened uh, the weekend, and Celtic clinched the the eighth league title in a row, and the eighth trophy in a row. Um, so that's now the new Scottish record. Um, have and completed two trebles. We have now completed the league cup and the Scottish cup. Uh, no, the Scottish cup's not come. The league, the Scottish championship. Scottish Premiership Championship. See these names. Can we fix them? Can we still score them at one, two, three, and four? You know what? I always thought it was a good idea. We should have. We should take the Gaelic word names for one, two, three, and four and call that our league. Uh, what well, is Gaelic one, two, three, four? I don't know, but like you call it like <laughs> League Un and Serie A. They all just go for simple names. We should do something like that. Just do I Gaelic. The difference in in Italy is most of the Italians speak Italian. <laughs> Rads, most of the French speak French. Many folks Aye. you know that don't speak Scottish here. But it still makes more sense, you know, than Premiership and Championship and League One. That's three divisions worth of things that mean first, or one, or top. So we just copied England or everything else. I'm on about this all the time. We copy England in so many things, except the really good playoff system. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's just a way... I could, the only thing that's weird about their playoff system is it's marketed well. But that's that's English football all over. Right, it's marketed but, well. Everybody gets relegated. Well. That's the important part. Everybody gets relegated. There's no last chance on. You're just down. Mm-hmm. Playoffs are all about coming up. That's what I like. That's the exciting part. We give you a last chance on. I don't like it. Never and it's neutral venue as well. There's that. There's that appeal that the finals played at Wembley. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be not being disrespectful, but if it's one choice for far. Um, final, you couldn't really have that at Hamden um, but you could have a, like, a, a neutral venue near that like, I don't know, Arbroath probably <laughs> well, well, that makes sense yeah. uh, it's now 3-1 unless by the way yeah, they're that. looking good for, for taking under United I think yeah, speaking, um, just going back to the playoffs and diverting as much as possible away from events at Pataudry, um <laughs> I have, I've, ha- I've had a, a few polls on um, regarding the playoffs so in the uh, in the League One playoffs, um, 60% say that Clyde will be the ones that will be playing in the League One next season. Um, in the Championship, 56% say Queen of South. So if, they, if um, Montrose hold out over the, the two legs, that's getting blown out of the water. Um, and I've also started, I also did the Manager of the Year poll. 35% of um, 34 said Dick Campbell would have won it, but of course Steve Clark came in top. And I did start one for uh, the weekend playoff between Cove and Berwick. Which Rangers are going to be playing in League Two next season? And from what I could see early on, four votes Cove Rangers. Oh, I, 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 like I say I would like to see teams come up, not stay up. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'd be in favour of Cove Rangers coming up. Um, actually, well, I know they're in the middle of playing at the moment, but what do we think is going to be the outcome of these playoffs? I reckon I reckon it'll be Annan for league in the League One playoff and then in the championship playoff it might be Race Rovers. 
I think Clyde and Queen of South. You think Queen of South are going to turn it around? Yeah. Nice. John? Gone again? Uh, Clyde. <laughs> Certainly. Um... Oh, I don't know about that one. Don't know. And then the playoff later on when it comes to the Premiership. I see that's a hard one because you can't. Well, I really, think, we don't know. We don't know who's going I to. Think gonna Minnan, I think St. Mirren. I think are going to finish ninth. Sorry, eleventh now. I think St. Mirren will stay up. I think it'll be St. Mirren versus Inverness. That's what I think. Yeah, cause I think Dundee United are still too inconsistent. Yep. Yeah, are too inconsistent as shown today. So yeah, I would probably agree Inverness, but obviously they're looking like overwhelming favourites just now to at least get through to the the next set of fixtures. But as Ian McCall mentioned, the playoffs certainly heavily favour the team in the the higher league yeah. when it comes to the Premiership playoff. Yeah, we did cover that, yeah. but obviously you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would actually be a really nice outcome if Inverness were to get through the playoff themselves because then you'd have a Dundee Derby in the Championship you'd have a Highland Derby in the Premiership yeah that that would be good marketing for Scottish football for that happen because um, you know you'd have the Dundee game the Dundee Derby certainly as the Friday night game in BBC Scotland um, and I'd like to think BT or um, would pick up the Ross County Everness at least once next season so yeah. um, I mean the, 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 the alternative <laughs> that does you know, a lot of happening given the scoreline at the moment is the Ayrshire Derby because they're United coming up to the Premiership and playing Kamala would be great as well, but um, yeah, it's, it's not looking very lightly, unfortunately. No, I don't think so. Here, here's a question, because obviously t- um, today was breaking news from BBC that um, they're looking at a 12-team um, championship, so how's the playoffs going to work then? Surely they can't weight it that heavily in the Premiership team's favour, given that the Premiership season is 38 games and the championships for- would then go to 44. I wouldn't be surprised if we switched two up, two down and scrap yeah. the playoff. The thing that wouldn't surprise me as well is obviously BBC Scotland are kind of having a lot of coverage of the championship so they're obviously trying to get more money into that league and by doing it they must figure that yeah we'll just copy it just be predictable and copy what happens in the Premiership. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't do a 44 game season as you're talking about for that 12 team league and then have them have to play the playoffs the way they play them at the moment. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing no to Coke teams. No. They do this in the continent. I'm never sure whether it's worth it or not. But it's only going to favour two teams. That, that, that's the pro- I'm, I'm sick to the back teeth of this idea that it's just two teams in Glasgow that get us and not uh, other as well. What's to say that if I mean, Christian, you and me have been advocates for years about having the, maybe the two 16 team leagues and then regionalise all below. Now, yep. maybe that situation, I have Colts then mm-hmm. all across the regions. Ah, in the regions, even then, I'd rather have actual. Too senior teams playing as opposed to mm-hmm. Orphans. Just, nah. Aye, I'm, I'm, if, if you're going to have the two 16s and then a regionalised team, I would limit the, the, the Colts to being in the less than 30 second. <laughs> they can't come out of the regional bit. Um, I'm going to try and find out, because I'm not on Facebook, I don't use it, but on the subject to the whole pyramid thing, uh, Talbot released a statement last night saying they are ready if required for the pyramid scheme. There was a bit, a lot more to it, eh, right. to be fair. Um, I think I'd mentioned earlier this season about the, the Scottish Cup run would pay for floodlights, which is something we've not got. Um, 
because the requirements of the Scottish Cup now is you need to have floodlights, which is fair enough, because there would have been a situation early in the season whereby if the air game had finished a draw, right. sorry, not the air game, the Hearts game had finished a draw, the replay would have been one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon due to right. lack of floodlights. So that's in the, the pipeline and there's been the, the just giving um, and a, a lot of um, money get put into that. The hospitality facilities are getting improved. And yeah, they have said they're ready for a pyramid if it's happening, which makes me think they've had word that it is. Um, and there was a recent AGM in the talk was, yeah, that sport was um, was getting discussed. No, that's good to hear. How that's... quick it's happening, I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting because I mean, a couple of seasons ago, if you'd asked me about the, the junior teams, I'd have thought most of them would say no, but more and more of them are coming into the pyramid, so I wonder what they're being choice. offered. It's little choice because... It's getting forced on them. What's happened is the teams in the east, they kind of decided, right, that's that we want to progress. So it's very much been led by them. Kelly Hart, right. one of the big ones, a um, few others. So it's going to end up already this year, the Junior Cup. would say a lot of junior fans will say it's been diluted a bit because most of the east teams, of the decent east teams, have, have fled the nest. Right. Um, so you either decide, right, do you stay in a in the league that's well, not a league that's weakened because the league the West is generally stronger than the East, but the issue is with the cup. People are kind of like this season. Oh, it's not right. Maybe bad to to beat as many good teams. It's not well, a Scottish Cup. It's more still. It's more like the West Cup, but there's a West Cup anyway with a few other teams. So yeah, they're going to have to go with it. Otherwise, you end up the likelihood is the junior game dies out. Yeah games have yeah. to go amateur because it as i've mentioned before numerous times it, it's the beauty of the juniors is it's local matches derbies rivalries i, I don't know what's gonna happen with a pyramid some teams will thrive out talbot can could thrive um, ah. but the fact of getting it forced upon them i don't think it's a good thing and i think and i think that that's one of the reasons it's important to try and keep it regionalized as as low down as possible um, like again, if you have the two sixteens, everything below that is regionalised. Then, like, oh, I know, obviously, if you get promoted into the the championship and that aspect, you're not regionalised. But if you anything below that, you're still getting your local derbies and your your local interests. Because I think that's something that needs to be retained at that level, especially. Mm-hmm. Once yeah, you I mean, get into the bigger the bigger leagues and you're getting the bigger money, then fair enough. I mean, you're still going to get local rivalries at that level as well. Good example is the the Scottish Cup game that happened between Talbot and there because it was a, a sellout. Exactly. You'd still get the likes of that maybe if uh, Talbot are playing the same league as a Clyde or something like that. Maybe Clyde's a bad example. I don't know how big their support is these days, but those types of situations, yeah, more likely that fans will travel maybe 15, 20 miles as opposed to travelling all across the country, which yeah. is why the Lowland League at the moment. I would say is generally a bit of a failure because the crowds are terrible. Mm-hmm. You, 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 I I'd say that you'd probably end up some amateur games you'd get better crowds. I think there was crowds in the league about 80 people at games. Now, all these clubs are folding it. I dare say they're getting a good bit of money from the SFA but then increased, they'll have increased costs. I mean, no wonder our games struggling financially when you have those situations. Yeah, I mean, you also get ridiculous, um, you had ridiculous situations in um, 
they undertook to win league a while ago because I remember um, there was a situation where Annan Athletic had to go all the way to Peterhead, Annan under 18s, and they get hammered 10 0, and then the next week they had to go to Elgin. That's a lot of money for um, you know, team, team like Annan who um, don't get a lot of money and having to take their team up that way. Um, and see them getting pumped would have been pretty hard going. So, yeah, I think there needs to be more regionalisation beyond um, below the, the top two leagues. I mean, I mentioned in Twitter, I think Chris, you'd mentioned similar, um, that my preference would be a 16-team league top flight, 16-team league championship, and then anything below that regionalised. But there's no chance that the top flight is going to go as low as 16s. A, you're going down to 30 games, and B, you're cutting the whole firm games down, which the TV companies yeah. don't like. Yeah. And I see that that's up with it, the whole... Yeah, see about this whole thing about the old that they'd have to have a thirty game league. It would be a sixteen team league, they wouldn't necessarily they could do these things like is it or like is it the Apple Tour and the Clatour and again that kind of like type split thing. Um we just need to be imaginative with it. But to be honest, but, you know, I think that it's already too congested. I think we need to drop some games. Yeah. So if we did that then the thirty team thirty games a season actually fits quite nicely. The the way the way football's going these days, we're looking at more and more European football. They're only pushing that more and more. Um so the idea of a sixteen team would kinda gives you that breathing space. I mean you look at look at Celtic's schedule, look at Rangers' schedule for this season. It was midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, international break, midweek, weekend, midweek just for between like July and December, then you get to the winter break, and then they start squeezing all in again in the January. Price of paper success, I, I, that happens all over. Think, uh, well, yeah, but I don't think Celtic had a, a free midweek that wasn't the winter break or an international break until about February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the the I mean the winter break is obviously um, seen as a good thing, but it was also a detriment to you know, a lot of the midweek games because there was a couple of um, Premiership midweek cards thrown in because of the winter break. So you just got to be careful what you choose. I mean, obviously, um, it doesn't help with the, you know, UEFA being so corrupt towards the big nations that they put Scottish teams in that situation. I know it's up to Scottish teams to do something about it and get the coefficient up, but it's getting so much harder. There's been a little improvement this season with the fact that both Celtic and Rangers were in the group stages. Hibs made it through a couple of rounds. Aberdeen ran Burnley quite close. Um, so there has been some movement, but there's obviously still a long way to go. But it's getting harder. Yeah. Um, but it's not, ju- it's not just Scottish football. I mean, you look yeah. at Ajax. If Ajax don't win the Champions League, they're going to play three rounds of qualifying next season. <laughs> they're, in the, they're in the semi. Ridiculous, isn't it? Um, you didn't even win the league last season. Yeah, the, and that's the other thing. Well, like they, they, came through the, they came through the the non champions, um, which is that's just. I mean, but then Liverpool finished fourth. That's the, the, the top the the the, the top uh, competition in Europe is now made up of teams that aren't champions yeah. um, from the bigger leagues. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's at the detriment of other champions from other leagues. Well, I mean, there's there's that thing that came out a couple of weeks ago but the idea of being effectively getting wild card teams in the Champions League if you're a previous winner which as a Celtic fan I kind of think yay great we can get a free pass and on the other hand I'm thinking what a load of nonsense I mean not Forest would be in it in Aston Villa could be aye. if they qualify that's the thing if they qualify through their league qualify, then they get the wild card so if Celtic were to win the Scottish League then they get straight into the Champions League group stages Whereas if Rangers win the same league, they have to go through four qual- four qualifiers. How is that fair? How is that sport integrity? Mm-hmm. 
Everton's a severe lack of sport integrity in the top level of football. Again, go back to Ajax, you'll have to play three qualifying rounds if you don't want to, but some team like AC Milan or something like that might go straight in, even though they've done nothing in years. Mm-hmm. But because it happened to play in Italy and finished fourth. Yeah. That's I know. And it's not going to get better anytime soon. Um, but at least Celtic, um, having clinched the title of the weekend, get the chance to qualify. Um, uh, when's, it, when's, it, when's the first leg? About next week? I probably. It seems to start earlier and earlier as it yeah. goes. So um, it'll be the end of, start of July or something that we're playing in again. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that was. It was. Um, it's not been great since Neil Lennon returned, except against Aberdeen. <laughs> um, well, it's the third, the third time we've played Aberdeen now since Neil Lennon came back. The first game was another each draw at Celtic Park, which is fair enough. Um, but the other ones have been 3 0 victories. Um, and I think it just comes down to Aberdeen struggling with injuries. Um, probably well, that's the it's been anything on Saturday. Yeah, that's it. That's I mean, the first time ever. They'll be predicting an Aberdeen loss, even. The the crucial difference is the first game that we played uh, when Lennon was back against Aberdeen, you had Graham Shinney in the team, and it was nothing each. And Graham Shinney was missing for the cup game, he was missing for this game as well. Um, And he's away to Derby. Definitely be missing next season. So um, he's away to Derby. So yeah, massive. Swapping the sheet for the Rams. (laughs) (laughs) The last three seasons, that's like well, Shinney away, Clyde away, Pays away. And then also we had Madison and Lone, who's now starting in the what, top half now of the, the Premier League. Yeah, Different uh, classic last night again. Jack, Jack as well. Um, I am talking about players going down south, more so. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, so it's um, in general. Nah, there's a lot of rebuilding that we've done for Aberdeen. Um, and I think um, <laughs> you're going to need to find a goal scorer. Because Cole's going to score right. I think um, in, in, in a lot of games um, but you seem to be relying on him at times for goals um, I don't know what Wilson is <laughs> um, I've Wilson's, got a, few a, mil- Wilson's a, a millionaire yes. from a young age that uh, like the attitude of a lot of young players from down south that have made 30 grand a week at the age of 21 I've been like well they've made it like, like, a, set for life he's a passenger that's what he is that's Aye. what he's been to he's got talent he's, he's got ability well I I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for the first one. Slightly awkward to hit it, never quite caught it right, was all lucky at the top of the bar. The second miss is appalling. Yeah. And I say that as somebody that's really good at missing those good t- kind of challenges. Yeah. <laughs> His was the Christmas of the week. Aye, aye. We should just have a the Christmas, okay, that's, that sounds like it actually works quite well, that's a pun. Um, that could yes. be good, aye, we'll do that next season. The Christmas. So that's a theme. The Christmas, the aye. Christmas, aye. Christmas. Aye. That's, Get out, that's, noted down for that season. Should that's really funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, it's a good save for Bain initially. Um, but I wasn't worrying that. And it's a different game. Aberdeen are 1 0 up at that point, if that goes in. So, yeah. um, well, at that point, I decided to go out and cut the front grass and I'd heard Celtic went up. I thought, I'm not switching this back on. So I was <laughs> pretty much just true in my word and WhatsApp because I said I watched it to the first Celtic goal. But I didn't even last that long because after the Wilson miss, I thought, no, that grass needs cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I was thankful I was travelling. What? One of my favourite kind of goals to score is a diving header. And Lustig's was a thing of beauty. Um, cracking ball in for McGregor. Uh, Lustig 
great awareness, great understanding of what was going to happen. He was in position. Um, Stevie May sleeping. So let's take a, a, a free run at it and connected really well. I don't know what he was doing towards the Celtic fans. If he was trying to make a, some sort of message to the Celtic fans, whether that was something that, like he's, he's still he's not finished or um, whether it was just uh, this was getting done today or I'm not sure whether it was a negative kind of message or a positive message to be honest nobody seems Neil to Lennon spoke highly of him aye it was, he's um, up there with the best signings along with the loss and then with Aftrick yeah I, mean, when was, I, I could not tell you the last time Lustig did not win a, a league because um, before he came to Celtic he's been there for 8 seasons he's won 8 um, before that it was um we can bugger off back to Sweden and let someone else come in and he's going to be pish again then. <laughs> yeah, Lustig's a key man, aye. Aye, I think Lustig, uh, Forrest and Brown are the three guys that have been there the, the whole um, eight in a row. So, uh, credit to that. And then, um, that was late on in the first half and early in the second half we pretty much killed it off because for the second week running it was a towering header from uh, number five. So, uh, I thought, um, bloody good header to be honest. Mm-hmm. And straight for a corner, which we never do. Um, so it was, it wasn't easy. I, I had to generate the power for that one, and put it right in the corner. So uh, I don't think Joe Lewis did much as for that. Uh, and then it was just sealed at the end by um, Edward. So uh, well, well set up by Tom Rogic, um <laughs> who apparently, according to the Sky Sports app, was the scorer of the first goal. <laughs> I, I didn't see the game live, but I was out and I was out in the car and I got the, the, the updates from my, my the Sky Sports app, and it definitely said Rogic. And because I was driving at the time, I've got a Apple Watch, so I kind of glanced at it in case you're wondering and post it wasn't. I was going to text you guys. See, it's always him, isn't it? Which would have been really funny had I been able to send that message because you'd have looked at me and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, I was trying to avoid as much of it as possible. Aye, so it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was, like Celtic have uh, saved their, their, their best performances on the line against Aberdeen. Um, so yeah, the, the job's done. We've got two games left. Um, looking forward to the, the Guard of Honour at um, Ibrox on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, as is tradition. Um, James Tavernier is quite uh, adamant that it's very sporting to do such things, so uh, they will be going against their own um, staunchness. Uh, if they don't give us a guard of honour, nah, they're not, they've already said they're not giving us a guard of honour. But I have heard, that note, um, would it happen the other way around, do you think? No, because it didn't happen in 2010. So, <laughs> you can't have a, well, that's a thing. It's, it's just the media that's making a big deal at this morning, I think. And a couple I don't, of well, fans in Twitter. I, just, I, just, like, I think it happens I, in other countries, though. You've seen like, I, English clubs, like fierce rivals, and they give each other a guard of honour. Liverpool did it with Chelsea, I remember seeing that. In fact, Matt, so, Chelsea's had it for Man United. Um, they're I, not the fierce Celtic Rangers, obviously, but... Um, you know, I have literally no interest in Rangers giving Celtic a guard of honour other than to wind everybody up. See, to be fair, the guard of honour, when, when was that ever done before like, the middle of the um, the noughties? You know, well, it, it seems to be a modern so, day thing. Apparently, Celtic were given a guard of honour um, in the 70s at Ibrox. Alright. Didn't know that. I didn't know anything about this until I read about it. I kind of noted it in today, um, so it, it has been known to happen in the past. Um, actually, my dad used to tell me that it used to be a really good way to get a win. Like you would give the team the guard of honour and then go beat them. It was like almost like kind of weird tradition in itself. Um, and I, the one I remember was um, 2004. Uh, so Celtic won the league at Kamarnock. Um, then we played 
Aberdeen the following midweek and Aberdeen won, which ended their unbeaten run that season. I don't think Aberdeen gave us the guard honour, but the day we got the trophy was against Dunfermline. Dunfermline gave us a guard honour that day, and they won 2 1, which they were really excited about because they were playing us in the Scottish Cup final a few weeks later, which was Larson's last game and we won anyway. Yeah. Um, but I was quite funny that Dunfermline gave us a guard honour and then won the game before <laughs> we were getting the trophy. So um, that's, that was one that always sticks in my mind. But, um, <laughs> I, I don't. I know. I'm not bothered about the guard honour. I mean, they're going to play a song over a tannery for us. I think they caught something the best. Um, so it must be about Celtic. It can't. It can't possibly be about the team that hasn't won a trophy in eight years. Uh, see on the going back to it. Sorry to interrupt. The Champions think Liverpool are four three up. Just as Andy Robertson's there. So mental. That is a massive. Well, especially the players that there are is, out as well. There is something about Salah that club in the Champions Daniel. League. There's something about that club in the Champions League that just... Yeah. Me. How many big Champions League uh, European nights have they just turned things around from nowhere? Like, there was a Dortmund game, the Europa League, there was that Olympiacos game where Gerard scored in the last minute. Um, it's incredible. I mean, obviously I the Istanbul thing as well. It's just, yeah, it's, I caught it's, the first 20 minutes of it and see when Liverpool scored the first goal, some of the Barca players' heads went down as if, oh shit, this is because there's that fear factor about Liverpool in Europe. There, there just seems to be something about certain clubs in that tournament. It's not just Liverpool. I mean, Ajax is another one. I mean, Ajax yeah, have literally no right to be where they are at the moment, um, given the, the massive difference in the, the, the wages these days. Ajax have got a lower wage bill than Celtic. Mm-hmm. And yet they're in the semi-final of the Champions League. So they're obviously doing something right there. But there is just a magic about certain clubs and that trophy. And Liverpool's one of them. Ajax another. Like you say, Real Madrid's another. Um, used to be Celtic many years ago, but not really anymore. Um, but even then, we still managed to get what amazing results. Like when we beat Barcelona and the 4-3 against Juve the first season we were in the, the, the group stages. And beating Man United with a Nakamura free kick. It's just, there, there are certain teams and certain magic about these things. Um, yeah. But yeah, Liverpool have won in it, I guess. Cause, I mean, Liverpool haven't won the league in nearly 30 years and won't win it this season either, by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless something unusual happens. Um, but they're now, as it stands, they're going to go through to the final for a second year running. Yeah. Um, and they did it under, uh, when, when Gerard was captain as well, he lifted the Champions League trophy and never got to lift a Premiership trophy. Just bringing it back down hum- um, to more humble levels. Um, full-time scores, Air United 1, Inverness 3, Montrose 2, Queen South 1, Wraith Rovers 2, Forfar 1, um, Aaron 2, Stensman 0, Aaron Brissett 0, Clyde 1. That's your player. Do you not just think it's funny, actually? See, I always do this when we're on the podcast, we talk about scores. By the time folk have listened to it, they know the score. Unless they've avoided the scores, like... For like a couple of days I know, just, a couple of just feel like no, it's been going that way no, tonight. I do it as well, we all do it. But just made the, me think that I... The good thing about those scores is the, the two in the Championship playoff um, are all nicely poised for the the, the, the team that's home in the, in the second leg are just a goal behind and have scored away. I know there's no away goals, but it's a wee bit of, wee bit of confidence for that. Um, the League 1-1... One, one, uh, Edinburgh City aren't out of it, but losing one at home isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and Athletic have to go to Stenhouse Muir, so two 0 is a good uh, game to go with that. I don't. None of these games are done after the first leg. The, for me, the Championship one's the most exciting one. Um, but the, even the Premier playoff, you've got to fancy Inverness are massive favourites for that now. But three one, United if they get an early goal up Inverness, always stand a chance. 
Yeah, so, it, it makes for an interesting um, setting legs. They're all at the weekend, Saturday. Yeah. See, just going back, you kind of spoken about Aberdeen, the kind of goal scorer thing. There's a lot of divided opinion on Twitter, social media, everywhere about Cosgrove still. I still see Cosgrove as a work in progress. He's probably exceeded expectations this season in terms of what was expected. Because the plan ploy was for Bills to come in and do well. So I still think Cosgrove's probably a bit of work in progress. However, Bruce Anderson will be back that season. I have a feeling now McInnes is going to have to build another kind of new team. And there's already been signs this year it's going to be a younger team. Anderson will have a big part to play in that season, I think. I think, I think he's capable of it. Yeah. Um, and we've seen this year, McLaren, I'd say, has developed into maybe not a key player as such, but certainly a first-team player, not far off being a key player. Ferguson could have more experience and will mm-hmm. probably, at the age of what, 20 in that season, be a key player for us in midfield. McKenna, if he stays, I think he'll be offered a captaincy to try and entice him to stay. Mm-hmm. Again, loads of experience for his age. The biggest Lewis, thing that's happened so far is Joe Lewis. I don't yeah, think that's, that's what a lot of folk are making out. Signing um, Joe Lewis up that long term deal is fantastic. He's a brilliant goalkeeper. Yeah, and he, yeah. the league hasn't he been earns great. Aberdeen a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the league hasn't been great this season in terms of we've digressed a wee bit. But still got to a cup final, got to a semi final. Just the league has been slightly disappointing in terms yeah. of we've, we've gone back a wee bit. But. There was cries for how many seasons are McInnes? Well, you don't play enough young players, you don't play enough young players. Well, that accusation can't be argued this season. And to finish, maybe at worst, well, at worst now, fourth, and do what we've done. But bringing in these young players, I think you can see the benefit of that in that season. That's if McInnes is still there, because obviously there is maybe that wee bit of hint from him that maybe mm-hmm. the spotting job might be for him just now, as opposed to later on in his career. Maybe. But yeah. I don't think Joe Lewis would have signed such a long deal if that wee bit, maybe wasn't that wee bit of assurance that McInnes is there for all in Hall. I'm not sure. I mean, that's another... and everything like that. That's another thing that's split an opinion um, is, is McInnes. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm at the situation where I wonder if it's going to stay. And I'm not shouting for his head, absolutely not. Um, it's at the point where if he stays, <coughs> well, good, let's see how he does. Um but if he was to go, I think we're in a good position where we could attract a decent enough manager. Um, you know, it's not like when Jimmy Caldwell left, um, who, did, who did we get in? We got in Mark McGain. Um, how I wish that Celtic hadn't appointed Tony Mowbray because he was next in line for Celtic. Um, and then we'd have went <laughs> elsewhere. But um, but I'm digressing a wee bit. But yeah, if McInnes was to stay, then fair enough. If he was, if he was to go, I think we'd be okay um, compared to years ago. But you do need to be careful what you wish for. But... Um, I mean, considering we've had injuries at the start of the season and at the end of the season, we're doing okay. But it, that's um, it, for January when we brought in Stuart, it just affected the balance of the team and it's mm-hmm. just not been right since. It's amazing how one transfer has been to the de- detriment of three parties, two clubs and a player. Um, although, come on, it looks as though they're going to clinch Europe. Yeah, that's. It. I mean, that's probably there's the two things left um, to decide really in the, the league now because Hibs and Hearts are, are now too far behind to get the, the European spots. Although Hearts can obviously still get it from the, the Scottish Cup final if they can beat Celtic in that. Um, but obviously, one of Aberdeen or Kamara will be supporting Celtic because fourth place will then become a, the, the, the final European spot, and it's whoever loses out because um, that's the, the battle for third. 
I'll be um, hoping Celtic win regardless, to be honest, then, even if Aberdeen <laughs> get third, because I'd rather see Kilmarnock in Europe than that Hearts team. Nothing against Hearts, I actually quite like Hearts as a club, but I cannot stick Craig Levine in the way he plays his football and how arrogant he is in the media. Um, I would rather see Kilmarnock, I think Kilmarnock are far more deserving than that Hearts team. I don't think Aldo was too impressed with Hearts either, um, having seen the, the obviously come on and beat Hearts at Dinkas on the weekend there, um, in the, the three o'clock games. Um, and I think they deserved it from what I seen on the, the highlights, they had the better chances. Um, the, the interest from my perspective was Nick Piazza going off with a hamstring injury, although Craig Levine says it's not that bad, he should be fine for the cup final. Mind you, Naismith isn't going to be, um, which is a big blow for Hearts. Um, that was that was I was reading that in the news earlier today. I don't expect to make it now, so um, that's unfortunate from Hearts' perspective. Great from our perspective. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I think I mean Kamara fully deserved this. I don't think the the goal was <laughs> a thing of beauty at times. Um, it was one of the things that kind of it got cleared about three or four times, and Hearts just never done it properly. Um, so Finlay managed to fire in the the the, the crucial goal, which was a, a great win for Kamara given um, Aberdeen had lost earlier in the day. Um, because that put Kamalak uh, ahead on goal difference, is that right? Yeah, Hearts ahead. So Kamalak's ahead in goal difference. Um, they're six goals better yeah. off. Um, plus seven, um, so uh, plus eleven. The credit to Kamalak is that for second season winning, this is their record points total on the prop. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still two games left. So it's it's no surprise that Steve Clark got manager here. I do take the the idea that Mick Campbell's done a terrific job at Broth. Um but yeah, it's uh, I think that given that um, at one point we were talking about Kilmarnock as title challengers, they kind of fell away, as you say, the Greg Stewart thing did not work well for them. Um, but they are still looking like a good shout for um, the European spot. Um, and obviously, I hope both Aberdeen and Kilmarnock are in Europe next season. <laughs> And maybe, maybe European football entices Clark to stay. Yes, that could be crucial. Uh, there's, a, there's certainly a, 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 an ongoing um, job to be done there if he gets into Europe. And maybe, maybe he fancies a, 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 an even better crack at the, the higher up the, the league next season. What Celtic? <laughs> <laughs> I meant for Kamarnock actually. Oh right, okay, okay. Um, I was very really um, quick. Well, getting job anyway. Well, yeah, this is where silly season comes in um, because I've noticed that Gary Hooper's released by Chef Wednesday and all of a sudden people are linking him with uh, Celtic. There's been something doing the rounds on Twitter that Aberdeen's after Josh McGuinness because um, he's leaving Bolton, being their top scorer with seven goals. So what's next? Is Greg Wilde going back to Rangers? Is it going to be that kind of silly season? Uh, probably. McGuinness is what I could see, to be fair. Rangers have already been signing ex-players like they got McGregor last summer and got um, Steve Davis has signed a one-year deal um, having been on loan with him um, so it's uh, Steve Davis yeah, Stephen Davis <laughs> I've been watching too much snooker this week yeah hi well Stephen Gerrard's obviously snookered with uh, McGregor's behaviour um, what oh, on earth was that about oh get at rest Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh. How, how did the spy? How are the getting on? That's just shite. Balls to us. Oh, you swore! Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I've got you to spare on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, so yeah, anyway, I, McGregor. I, I, I have no idea what McGregor's up to. I mean, what what part of this is the most embarrassing? That he, he managed to kick out during a kick out at a guy who had his back to him, or the fact he then went down holding his shin. It's finally got done for it. Like it's about time he actually Aye. got done for it in a game. First time Aye. he's lucky. He's um he's it's not the like you say it's not the first time he's lashed it at people. There's 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 a psychology problem I think at Ibrox yeah. at this point because um Morelos was back after the bench in, in this game so um after his latest suspension from a red card um just in, he's back just in time for the <laughs> the visit to Celtic next weekend um so uh, McGregor will miss that. Um, so West Farnham's back and go, I think. Yeah. Um, unless you go with McCrory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he kept a clean sheet. Um, why? I don't know um, what happens with that drop ball, by the way. Um, why did no one test it? It's just like Rangers boot up the part. It was like they were looking at Bobby Madden, Bobby Madden just made no decision. Not yeah. The first uh, time. <laughs> they they a bit of sportsmanship from Rangers to then put it out near their own goal. No chance. Just challenge it. Stop letting people do this. Just challenge every drop ball. Then we'll stop messing about with these things. Yeah. Mm, maybe not every drop ball. Like Why? when, like, there's been a head injury and stuff like that. To be honest, Aye, that's I'd have made the... a retreat on that, given that it came for the Rangers fans in the first place. A bit of well, common sense. Just needed to... Well, see, see, in England recently, you've had a couple of um, examples of teams not kicking the ball out and just design stuff at play on it obviously led to confusion that Leeds game um, but uh, it was a Plymouth game as well I think yeah the goalkeeper was... went to throw the ball out so that he could get treatment but um, instead the whoever, Scunthorpe player decided to get the ball and chip it over him and it was actually quite a good chip but... I was crying for that angle I mean we yeah. credited him for that but yeah because uh, both of them were trying to... for survival and both went down <laughs> if we see when I was away on my wee sabbatical tonight on the podcast to recover the, <laughs> the awards Forrest, Kent and Clark. I know we mentioned Clark. We just mentioned Clark, but... Forrest getting the player of the year and then Kent. Forrest, for me, me, I think it was a... You could have fucked a coincidence with him and McGregor. McGregor, um, Cal McGregor, is was my choice. Um, I I think he's been more consistent. Um, But I get why they go to Forrest. I'm sorry, but Ryan Kent is undeserving. I think he's improved as a player for Rangers, but um, I think David Turnbull and Lewis Ferguson had better seasons overall than them. I think Christopher Iyer had a better season personally. He wasn't even in that list. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I would have given it to Turnbull, I think. Even though Ferguson's been yeah, spared for us. I think Turnbull and what he's done in, what, basically half a season. Liverpool finished for now, by the way. So they're in the, the final. Yeah. The, the talk from a lot of people within Motherwell are saying that, yeah, he is the best talent they've seen. And I don't think they are just saying it. It seems to be wider circles in that as well. People saying that, yeah, this boy is far too good already probably for this level he's going to go massive places mm-hmm. um, so yeah just speaking of other well to hold on to him his goal was a cracker actually um, there was questions as to whether it was terrible defending um, or whether he was being held um, was it McKenzie I think it was uh, McKenzie was being held by Scott um, or was it terrible defending either way it fell it fell to Turnbull and he filed it in the net so um, again like you say it's just Given the the short list of four, I think I'd have went with Turnbull. Um, but let's say I think I'd have voted for Ayer personally. But um, yeah. it's just me. Uh, but yeah, the, the 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 bottom half of the the table was um, well. What do you say about Dundee? Bye bye. 
Finisher yeah. Adios. Ten, ten row, Thank ten goodness. Row. Brilliant. That was so worth getting rid of Neil McCann. I wish they kept Neil McCann because then they get relegated to him in charge. Did you listen to some of the sports end stuff? Yes, yes I did. He Neil thinks McCann... he's relegated. He is so bitter about so much. He's great. <laughs> but see, did McIntyre probably not do a worse job than McCann? Uh, possibly, so. I. It's weird because at one point they looked like it looked like they might actually be turning around under Jim McIntyre, and it just fell apart again. What point not, was that? I think he made too many changes. Job. Yeah, I it was like Michael Stewart was pointing out on um, yesterday's sport um, sports sound that they'd went in a decent run around about November December time, um, and then they made a lot of changes. They picked up they got a win over um, Livingston in Jan, uh, in February, and then after that they've just lost, 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 lost. Um, Scott Wright looked as though he was going to be good for them, and then he fell away. Um, just as an example from our point of view, and just every other sign that they've made has just been a disaster. It's just been, you know, fully deserving a relegation. They've only won three games, sorry, four games all season, three of them under McIntyre, um, drawn six, lost 26. Just absolutely terrible. Um, and yeah, it, they've been fighting relegation the last couple of seasons, and sometimes when you keep yourself in that rut, it's inevitable. I mean, I had them in the playoffs. Um, but that was wrong. <laughs> but they just, yeah, deserved. Nah, they've been right rotten. They were rotten in this game as well. I mean, a game they needed to win, it was Hamilton had the better chances. Um, eventually scored from the spot when um, they all got up ended by McGowan. Um, Tony Andrew, his first goal since coming back to Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. Took it well. And and then even after that, it was Hamilton that they had a chance to make it 2 now. So, yeah. There's, there's nothing positive to say about Dundee whatsoever, and I won't be surprised if they don't come back up. No. Because I, I was the only one out of the wall, but I think that when it came yeah. to about halfway the season, yeah. said Dundee credit would be the ones going down. Yeah, credit to you for that one. I thought yeah. Dundee were going to survive and some were going down. But um, St. Marin aren't going to do enough, I don't think, to get out of that playoff spot now. They're four points behind Hamilton. They, they have to beat Hamilton this coming weekend. Um, yeah. to stand any chance uh, that could make it interesting yeah. the last day of the season but I'd, 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 I'd just see Hamilton picking up enough to do this yeah. I mean even yeah I think so now I think it's both games yeah mm-hmm. I think and even then it would maybe not be enough well technically St Mern well St Mern first of all need to win on Monday that's without doubt if they don't win on Monday that's it they're in the playoffs but if St Mern were to win and then draw with Dundee if Hamilton lost their last game against St Johnson they'd survive in goal difference because Hamilton's um, goal difference is equally as bad as Dundee um, but Hamilton are more street wise I think they, you know, they've been doing this for years they know every season um, they're going to be down near the bottom they're not going to be finishing higher than 10th um, as long as they get 10th place then they're not obviously happy and I think they'll do enough to get the point that they need on Monday night I think yeah I, th- I, I wouldn't be surprised I, I would love St Byron to beat Hamilton just to take it to the last day of the season um, but I, I, I just have a feeling Hamilton are going to get something out of it, and then it's done. Um, I, I, I mean, St. Martin, we're nearly even further behind than this because of the, the goal they lost him below. But uh, that last ditch equaliser um, kept him in it. Just, just a, St. Martin are picking up a point in the last couple of weeks when they really should be trying to pick up more than that. And they're just kind of they're clawing their way back into these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, I think I, 
we said it already that Hamilton are going to concede a lot the way they play, but they're also going to score. Um, and I think that's probably what's going to happen again this um, and on well, Monday, as you said. It's, it's, it's the game um, the point. Um, and then someone up in Dundee the last day, aren't they? Yeah, at um, Dens Park. Yeah, so I'm pretty much certain someone will get three points at that game. Um, but uh, yeah, then the question becomes can Alton do anything like in, in their game? Which they might just do anyway. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, you'd uh, fancy Hamilton against St. John on the last day. Yeah, pick I up mean, at least up, at least pick up something. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I was watching sports scene and I was making notes, and then again, I got to the St. John's Robinson game, and I was going, "Who cares? This, cares? <laughs> this is the, the the dead rubber of this now." Um, obviously, Calcutt stepped up. Was to survive, um, and um, St. Johnson still trying to finish seventh, but did they really care that much? But yeah, um, the, the best things about like, we can say about this game is the two cracking goals. O'Halloran, um his first goal this season, unbelievable. Um, was a was a cracking finish, um, and it was outdone by uh, Halcott scoring from Ochterardo. Um <laughs> How far out was it now? <laughs> Hi, it's like the um, the Seville calculator almost. Um. Yeah, we'd have been a contender for goal of the season if they had decided that already. Uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with the Seville calculator. 80,000 sounds about right to me. Uh, I was there. I know you were. <laughs> you tell us. Um, I thought every Celtic fan was there. Aye, uh, everybody claims to be there. Um, but I, I, one of the best memories I have of Seville was when I was wandering with my dad trying to find someone that was selling cigarettes, and we turned a corner and there's just a sea of green and white coming towards you in a street. Just I heard sales of what's passing to Melbourne High as well there. Ah, yeah, but people were taking suitcases of Buckfast. <laughs> sales to folk. It was uh, there, there was a lot of safety fans there. So, um, there would have been a lot of Buckfast and all I'm not surprised not yeah. my choice um, I must admit I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Buckfast whatsoever no, um, but yeah Mad Dog 2020 I'd rather have that aye the orange one's nice um, the pink one's there's a new one's already going now have you seen the, the, the big one now is it Pink Bell or something like aye, that aye the pink one's meant to be nice I don't know I haven't it's found it anybody the, the, the top one I never get into Mad Dog to, to be honest I haven't found anybody that sells it because I'm not 14 well, there's that, but it's amazing about people old, older that you still see drinking Mad Dog and Buckfast and all that. No. Uh, to be honest, see, see when it came to um, drinking in the park on a Friday night, it was never really my thing. I was always the goody two-shoes. Um, and, but you know, there was still always that, I'll have a wee sip of somebody to try it. That's horrible. I'll have a wee sip of somebody else to try it. Oh my God, don't let me ever go near Buckfast again. <laughs> so it's horrendous. Oh, yeah, just a week after so. this. Actually, Mad Dog 2020 is no bad. <laughs> that's how I remember it. Um, but aye. Um, how did we go? How, we've ended up talking about Seville and under these drinking all of a sudden. Aye, because but the, the, when I mentioned about the bug fast then, and they obviously had Kenny McLean earlier, but the, the Mad Dog. Was it not okay, Callum Partison last season? Was he not, was it not Mad Dog his drinker choice as well when Carter got promoted? It could well be. I could, I could, see if it wasn't for a fact that we're, go, we're going to call this a Scott Brown special podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it should be a Scott Brown Tartan special podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, maybe aye. See when you're subject to um, Scottish players celebrating promotion with a drink. The funniest um, by far um, was when, 20 years ago when Stuart McCall celebrating Bradford's promotion to the Premier League. Um, we had a can of beer. He went to jump in a car, he fell 
hit his head in the bonnet, fell on the ground, and didn't spill a drop of beer. Yeah, I've seen it's that impressive. One. Yes. Actually, you know what? We should call this podcast Bad Dog Scott Brown. That'll really rile up the Celtic fans. What do you mean, dude? What's he done this thing? <laughs> don't even remember him doing anything in Stanford. What did he do? Well, we'll get, we'll get a lot of um, hits. So that that was part of the reason why we asked the real Scott Brown, um, the more humble Scott Brown. Oh, like, you played it. Aye. Peterhead Scott Brown, if you listen to this, yeah. delight, we are delighted to have you. Absolutely. We're not just using you as a pawn. And and he says he's um, he would be willing to come on the podcast next season. So we'll hold you to that, Scott. You know, we, we've had some good guests on this podcast this year. I mean, we've had um... the Ultimate awesome <sighs> Boy, Sean. Sean That's the one. Yep. yep. I might try and get another another Sean. Talbot boy on for the, the week of the, the Junior Cup final. Nope. That'll be good. Um, um, the, the, Sam, the Sam Sparrow final. <laughs> the Sam Sparrow final, indeed, yes. Boy. Um, <laughs> I got it. It's fine. Uh, What's we'll we're still, uh, we're still waiting for Jose, Jose Manuel. We'll get him on that season, yeah. Or maybe in the summer when he gets a Celtic job, so that'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then you've done, you've done well with your interviews, obviously. Last couple of weeks, John. Aye, um, we, we, we put out the full um, versions of Ali Beg and um, Billy Stark uh, just through the week. There, um, apologies to everybody for the, the first version that I went out. There was only half of it. We managed to sort that out. It's well worth a listen. Um, Ali came across really well Billy was some fantastic stories I like you John I never realised he got offered the next engine either um, but uh, yeah so it's, um, obviously he went to work with Tommy Burns at Kilwarmark in the end but uh, it was two fantastic interviews so um, that, yeah it goes off to you John for that one well, thank you we'll try and get more um, over the next season as well and, yeah. um, and thanks to everyone who listens in and um, if ever any regular fan wants to be a guest we're obviously hoping for a couple of guests for next nah, season nah we we'll don't want fans anymore us. Yeah, we've set the bar too high now no fans no no we want players managers award winning journalists do you, th- do you think after Aldo we want another fan <laughs> I'm only kidding Aldo we want you back <laughs> on we want Aldo get back. his boy on get <laughs> That might be. Uh, Aldo likes a wind up when uh, the apple does not fall far from the tree. <laughs> Family tradition. <laughs> Come in and let Malina works in. Twitter trolling. <laughs> Twitter troller Aldo. Got, yeah, we've still got a fair few uh, podcasts, mind you, before that season ends. Yeah. I think. Aye, I mean, we've, we've two rounds of the, the Premiership to go. We've the Scottish Cup final. We've a couple of Scotland games to come in June as well. And well, it's not depressing. Uh, Aye, well, we're going to end it all, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Although, it'll get a chance for Ian to come back on to promote his magazine, um, the Scotland game. So, we'll yeah, he'll be doing it by himself. Do you think we're going to have a manager by then? Uh, aye, Malky McKay. <laughs> we may have a, we may have a manager before this podcast in the way it's going. <laughs> well, injury time. I'll wait. What we are? <laughs> well, depending. Um, how hour ten. I will now and a half include the interview. That's oh, fine. That's ninety minutes. That's fine. Um, I think we're, 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 we're kind of finished talking about everything anyway, because uh, we've also talked about all the, the, the divisional um, 
goings on in the playoffs and the Premiership. And um, the, the the one thing I've been meaning to mention on the podcast, um, I tweeted it the SFF podcast account on Twitter, um, about the uh, the mental health stuff, the passing positivity. Uh, so, no, and, uh, Chris Boyd is um, quite involved in that for, um, well, we know the reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly just um, check that out. It's in conjunction with Ayrshire College, I think. Yes, which is, I obviously, I, I went there, actually, um, and did part of my studying, so, yep. And they're close to me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the sub, and sorry to that as well, and later on this year, I'm doing a run for mental health. UK, the Great Scottish run. I'm not doing the the marathon, the half marathon, just a 10k. Uh, but yeah, we try to raise money for for mental health because it's a subject I think we've all been affected by. I think I know someone now that's been affected by mental health or maybe suffered from it themselves. So yeah, the, the more uh, foundations, charities, or anything like that can help and and break the stigma that it's not an illness because it it can't be seen or it can't be or it's it's not like other illnesses whereby with no disrespect to any else, like if it's cancer or something else, it's like, oh, that's terrible. Whereas there's still that wee bit if someone has a mental health problem, it's like, oh, just man up or, or that type of stuff. I think, thankfully, there's a wee slow, gradual shift from that, but I still think there is a, a fair bit of stigma towards it. So the more that can be done to help these charities and make it more awareness and, and let people know that just talk to someone. Uh, we've all said, all of us, if you don't know us, sometimes it's good to talk to someone you don't know. Yeah. Drop us a line in the podcast or that. We will get back to you, whatever, anyone. Um, but yeah, if anyone needed help, yeah. contact these agencies, yeah. foundations. The Chris Mitchell Foundation, we obviously donated to last year as well. Uh, the podcast, bet when we were doing the bet. Mm-hmm. There's loads out there. So. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'll give a shout out to one more because um, there's a charity game happening in. Um, coming on United's ground um, on the 16th of June um, between Rangers and Celtic. It's just a um, bunch of friends um, who knew my friend Tommy who unfortunately took his life in January um, so that's happening on that day so um, anyone in that area can get along and it's for the, the charity that the family have chosen is called Brothers for Arms um, and he's, um, Tommy's daughter had a, a wee boy um, and Tommy's name is included within the name so his legacy will live on. So, we shout out to Tommy. The other thing is, we actually um, today the uh, the charity is set up by Scotland's family from Fighting Rabbit mm. on the you know, anniversary of his death. Mental health. So, yes, it's certainly good to you know don't bottle anything up um, and don't listen to crap. Like, I, I hate the I absolutely hate the term man up. It really um, gets in my way. So don't let people tell you man up. Um, it's a man up. Don't suffer. Don't don't, don't yeah. um, suffer in silence. Just talk to anyone, um, and yeah, just don't bother. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I know it's hard to talk about how you feel to somebody, um, whether it's somebody you know really close or somebody just a stranger on the end of a phone, um, but. It does help. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's, it's it's amazing how just talking about things and, and, and vocalising these things and can, can help. Just I mean, if if someone is reaching out to you, then don't worry if you don't think you can help them. You probably find you're helping them just by listening, being an ear, showing an interest in them, showing they're not alone. Um, and there's always 
other people that you can help them get in touch with. It's like, um, oh, maybe what mental health professionals or Samaritans um, is always a, a free flow line. It's something you're just looking for somebody to listen to. Then um, there's always there's always things you can do to help them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't if you don't feel like you're going to be overwhelmed if you're, if somebody reaches out to you, just listen to what they've got to say and reassure them that they're not alone. And the subject to that mental health week is next week. Mental health awareness. Monday and that's Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Just don't suffer in silence and listen listen to people's um just be in here if um you know for these people because um we all suffer at some point. Right. Anyway. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Nice. Aye. Cheers. Cheers again. Yeah, thanks everyone again for tuning in and uh subscribing and for interacting. Thank <laughs> you.